You are listening to Concert Blast. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. true. 
got my wellies on. <laughs> you got in the middle of the crowd while I go, and you didn't stay as long out down this time as I've seen you in an in arena stay out in the crowd. There's less space to travel. Come <laughs> <laughs> on! And more mud to walk on, so I just... No chairs to stand on. No, no there were, oh, there were shoulders I could have stood on. But you I, should have done that. I should have, yeah. but I just wanted to have something to um to, to lead up, you know, next year. I gotta, I can't give it all out the first year. Next year I'll stand on shoulders. <laughs> now... Following your rolling mud. Is it true that y'all played Nashville recently? Yes, we played Mercy Lounge. Mercy Lounge? Mm -hmm. I didn't know yeah. I'd have been there. Yeah, I didn't know. I was like, well, thank you. Did you have a good crowd? It was basically sold out, yeah. Oh, they say it's hard to do on a Sunday in Nashville. Yeah, I know. Well, usually Sunday, you can say, oh, yeah, I'll play on Sunday. Guess what? Not going to be anybody there. Right. They usually roll the streets on Sunday in Nashville. Right. Yeah, but y'all made it special. Nice. And then y'all play Tootsies after you play Open for the Who. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's very much like it. Sometimes when you play an arena show, it's great because it's so exciting and it's so big and you're kind of living that dream that you had from the time you were a kid. But for us, you know, we also like to get dirtier and sexier and, and kind of fulfill our adult dreams and go play someplace that's a little darker and a little grimier where people are a little closer to each other and we can actually feel each other's sweat. So then we marched right across the street and, 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 and played at Tootsie's. What is it about it that not only do you get the crowd excited, but you know how to control them so easily? And that's one thing that stood out in my mind is how well the audience just related to you. Why it's my tapes? No, I, I think what happens is, and I know that this is the way it is for me, we spend so much of our time like having to be in control of our own schedules and time and things that we're going to do during the day. That in general, anyone, as long as they feel like they can trust the person, they want to just give in and follow. It's nice to follow sometimes when you're just always hammering at your own schedule. So as soon as people realize that we're a band that is um, open and giving and comfortable, then they just give in right away. And I think that's why they, they just do whatever we want them to do, is because it's fun to give in. You know, you can only be dominant so much of the time. You're going to be sure to miss right. And you have host for Ty, you know, he's also a really great storyteller. And I think that that's yeah, you really are. Really are really good. You know, that's something that um, it really goes a long way in the front man sort of realm. I mean, to be able to suck a crowd in with good stories, you know, music a lot is stories, you know. And for a guy to be up there to tell you about it and suck you into what's going to happen or what just happened or to take what's happening in the room and bounce off that, I think that's a gift. And you know what, Richard? You have a gift, too, of trying to get the crowd into it. Yeah. You weren't just a drummer back there. You were, yeah, come on! No, but also dance, also dance, he's got this shoulder thing that he does. Shoulders, shoulders come You were getting everyone, woo! Yeah. Well, I noticed that you don't much just command the crowd. I think you kind of orchestrate what's happening out there. All of you do. Yes, yes. That's what I said about it. And you play so well off of each other. Let's also, we can't forget that the audience also orchestrates us. I mean, like we're, you saw it in tonight's set. Um, I was gonna go into a slow song because we don't have set lists. We usually just oh really? Wow. And I was getting ready to call a slow song, but then the audience, I could tell, because sometimes after we do a couple fast songs, the audience wants to breathe, and that's when I'll go into a slow song. But today I was gonna do that, and I could, and almost I was, which I love the audience orchestrated because by rote I was almost gonna go into something slow. But I can see the people were still like, we got more in us, they got more. And so then we just went into something fast. So the audience also orchestrates us. Um, they are in control, actually. It seems like we are the lion tamers, and they're the lions, but it's, it's definitely the other way around. And I think that's why our audiences feel like we're part of a community rather
throughout Los Angeles. And the only way we were able to actually have a residency was to make it feel more like a party vibe um, rather than you coming to see a concert and there's a band on stage and you can stand and watch and there's a wall there. You know, we broke that wall down and we included the room and it started to become this sort of synergy and uh, it's kind of where our troublemakers hail from, which they name themselves troublemakers. And your fan base. Our fan base. You know, people will come to a party over and over. So that's kind of what happened in Los Angeles. And uh, soon after that, we took it to the UK and pretty much tried to duplicate it over there. Uh, not consciously, we just kind of took what we had sort of felt in Los Angeles and had built up and we took it to the UK. Uh, so that feeling that you talk about is something that we kind of discovered early on. But I think we also discovered it just in the, in the joy of the music, you know, we've all been in so many different bands, and this was the one that felt like, and I even remember Ty saying early on, I just want you guys to do whatever you naturally feel like doing. There's nothing that's unnatural here. And I've said it before, you know, that could be a recipe for disaster, but Ty picked the right players uh, innately or, you know, strategically. I'm not sure what he thought, but he picked the guys that are going to feel a certain way, and we all just naturally did what we did. That's kind of how it all came to fruition from the beginning. Tell me about your microphone cord here. He's got a microphone cord. He goes, I don't know how long it is. Can you pick it up? Yeah. You mind if you pick it up? It's more like electrical conduit than anything else. Yeah. It's almost like a, Look at this. It's like this. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's not like gooseneck cord. And, and I'm singing with yeah. the <laughs> That's uh, pretty cool stuff right here. And you use it as a weapon. I mean, as an instrument. Nah. <laughs> well, it's, it's nice because it's got weight to it. So um, rather than it getting tangled or caught up, it ch if I whip it, it chases me. Uh -huh. So I can just, it just it just does what I need it to do. You get tangled up in this? No. Tripped over or anything? No, but I'm sure it'll happen. Actually, I'm looking forward to the day that something crazy happens. Yeah. Well, he's but, tangled it in other things. I tangled other things. He'll whip it across in all these pedal boards sometimes. And I'll get it caught in your drum mic. It gets caught in his drum mics all the time. Or come across the bass neck and detune something. But, but that's rock and roll. But for me, cool. for me, more so than the mic, what I the, the drama that I see that's gonna happen one day, and I'm actually excited and waiting for it, is doing the spins. Because sometimes we're on a small stage and I'm so close to Richard's drums, I know that one day I'm gonna be spinning and I'm gonna do a full-on fall back into the drum set. And I've already prepared myself for it, so when it happens, I'm just gonna laugh rather than be like, you know, embarrassed. But I know it's gonna, it's, it's, it's inevitable, it's gonna happen. Yeah, you know what's gonna happen too one day on that note? Sometimes you'll take your mic stand and you'll flip it upside down and then you'll spin your whole body with the mic stand coming up. He's going to take out something. Or, or, or some lights. Yeah. Like, or lights. But he's going to take a nollie or Rick. He can't get to me because I'm protected. Right. Because right. it's usually straight up. So I don't really yeah. do a check ahead of time to see how high the ceilings or where the lights are. So I think one day it's going to be like a, I'm going to cut up. I'm going to hit a light. It's going to go out. Yeah. Tell us briefly about the two other guys in the band. What other guys? No. Dancing as well, and um, 
you know, he's just a, just a great guy. Good old boy. Good old boy from Florida. Well, you know, yeah, he does got a groove going on, man. That's he does cool. have a groove. Um, and Nale is, you know, I, in, in our minds, I don't think it's just because of our band, but Nale will go down as like, you know, a, a, a guitar god of, of our time. Like, I don't think of anyone that's better than him. There are people that are just equally as good as him. Um, at very first, seasoned. Very seasoned. Plays with a lot of seasoning and emotion. And I think that uh, we luck out because of the fact that we're a rhythm and blues band and we don't have horns and an organ. So it makes Nale come up with these great riffs that would substitute where you think a horn part should be or an organ part should be or three black women singing backup should be. Like his choices in guitar arranging are a little different than a lot of guitar players because he's got to cover a lot of bases and he does it like a breeze. Y'all about to head overseas again? Yeah. So we're going back to Europe? No, first though, we go to Japan this month. Oh, wow. That'll be cool. Good for you. We'll yeah. do our second time. We'll do our second time there. Our first time, our record was, it was, it was about six, seven months ago when our record was released. It was number four. It was released number four there. Yeah. It debuted number four there. And so that was wild because we got to go to Japan and right away we got the plane. Japanese people are running and screaming toward us. And then at our hotel, people are waiting. Let's see if we get our band and signing stuff. That's never happened before. We've always been in the place and worked it up and then people kind of become a little aware of us. Um, we've never been in a place where um, our music preceded our live show. And that's how it was in Japan. Um, and you know, we'd finish shows, like huge, huge shows and the whole audience would be singing words back and it was just wild. And then there's the sushi and these amazing Japanese women too. But, yeah. <laughs> but we would go on to say, yes, we do go back in June to rejoin the Who. Really interesting. 
that from back in the day, which was there was soul, there was rhythm and blues, but there was also hard-hitting soul. Um, we also like to call it primitive soul uh, because we've kind of stripped it all back down. Um, I think we're a good old rock and roll band. All so, right, with the, with the soul singer. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that it's. Um, I say that it's uh, 1950s, 1960s style rhythm and blues with rock and roll edge. Here's what I'll say. Jimi Hendrix meets James Brown, and they have Vintage Trouble. Nice. There you go. And there's the guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's the Jimi Hendrix child. Right there. There's the love child right there. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> anyway, we're very appreciative of you taking your time, and thank you for the, the great performance that you did today in Memphis and May. And now the guitar's in here, the guy that you said it wasn't in the band. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> We just wanted to uh, just come by and say how much we've pushed your band since we saw you in Nashville oh, yeah. for the Who. Oh, thank and you. how much we have pushed. Yes, what did I say? That's what I said. And I said, you can't keep your eyes off of them, you can't stay in your seat, and you can't stay still. Nice. <laughs> and I also said, and you better sing or he'll come after you. <laughs> Well, I can tell you one thing, down in the photo pit, you had guys in the photo pit dancing. Which, <laughs> which, there are a bunch of jaded people down there, and everybody down there was dancing. Ziggy, you see little Ziggy out there, man, he was just, he was trying to do some James Brown moves out there. <laughs> so, That's pretty good. Uh, now, it was really good to see that enthusiasm down in the pit, because usually everybody just elbowing each other so they can get a good shot. Tom, I read that you were on a national television show, trying to be a singer for another band, is that true? Oh yeah, I was on Rockstar in Excess. In Excess! Did wow. you know that, guys? Wow. Rockstar in Excess, and I we remember that. Yeah, I remember that very well, actually, because uh, I follow, I'm a BA in Excess fan, and I followed that show. And yeah, I mean, there was all kinds of different types of people. I know. Yeah. It's so funny, a friend of mine that was on that show, lives in London now, just faced with me today, to ask for, uh, to come see us in, in London with the Who. So it's exciting. Yeah, we're all still friends. It's, it's great. I just love when you can go through so many experiences in your life, and when you realize all those experiences make you who you are, rather than I think a lot of people try and um, negate their past, um, which is uh, to me, I don't, I would never want to do that because it kind of makes you, it, it makes you richer. You know, if if you're just the person that's in a band, then that's all you have. Like, but you know, I'm a person that's in a band. I'm a person that grew up in church. I'm a person that, you know, was on Rockstar in Excess. I'm a person that was in a Pampers commercial when he's 14 months old. Wow. And, but, but all that kind of stuff adds up to why we are who we are right now. You know, like someone even said the other day, like, so many people say that when you do those shows, it hurts you. And I'm like, well, really, when is the last time any of those people had 14 million people see them per week? I'm like, how does that hurt somebody? Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's, a, it's a joy. It's a joy, and now we do so much television and everything. That the training that I got from doing that show helps helps me whenever we do it, a TV appearance. Like I, I just I just love it. I just I love that everyone that's from our past get to take part in what we're doing right now. You know, all the people that uh, each of us has come in contact with. You can see them on our Facebook all the time, and it's nice that whatever we've done behind us that we have left such a nice trail that people still support us. You know, a lot of times people in your in your past get envious or jealous and don't want to support you, but I guess it's a good thing that we've done some good things in the past that people want to hang out with us still, and they want to let you know that they're proud of you. That's 
That's a big thing. When someone that you're unsure of how they felt about what you're doing right now, gives you a little message and says, you know, I see you, I follow you, um, you inspire us. Um, you know, we're not 22 years old and we give a lot of people hope and inspiration not to give up what they're doing too soon. Because I think a lot of times people stop one second too early. Or because one of their friends at home or their wife at home or someone says, if you don't stop this, I'm not going to stay married to you. It's really sad because sometimes someone's, it's what people were put on this earth to do and they'll end up doing something else that's not really what they're an expert at and then they'll have to live the rest of their lives feeling like second best opposed to if they would have stayed with it a little longer then maybe they could have really gotten what God put them on the earth to do. And as you said earlier, amen! Because <laughs> you can tell that you do want to send a message, you know, as we were talking about on the stage there, that it's like, you know what, say something to somebody, don't ignore it, just let them know that you're there, you know, you love them and you want to take care of them. I think that goes a long way when people hear that coming out of your mouth saying, you know what, these people do care, you yeah. know, it's about the music, but it's also about, you know, loving, you know, God loving that next person and reaching out and touching that hand to somebody you might not know. It was amazing, Dorian, nobody told me tonight. There was this girl in front of me with this all in silver. You saw her? She was all in, all in silver with it. Well, because it was weird. She looked at me and she was crying. And then the second verse started. And the second verse, as I'm looking at her and I'm crying and she's crying, I'm like, you know, here stands a silver line believer is the, is the, is the lyric. When you born so, at her, said silver line. She was made in silver. I know. And that's why I'm like, it was the wildest thing ever. And silver I, with the tears. And I can't even get it.
And so are you. I know you are. You're watching this. You guys some thick troublemaker gray sweats. There you go. Well, tag them. Get busy, David. Come on. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you Thank you for talking to us. Until next time, everybody. I wanna thank you for letting me be myself again. I didn't get it. My voice is too rough right now. <laughs>